Certified, qualified West Side host Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You've tuned into the greatest show on earth. It's the Hard Luck Show, coming at you from the Pico Youth Center in Santa Monica, California. Sitting across from me, my co-host and my partner, the Indian. The sadistic is... one. <laughs> the hell? No! Let it come in! What? Shumahan, though, an American Indian. Southern California. Who right up. Elegant Barbarian. This is Sean's favorite song. Because you will not Where is this? Wait till we get to the hook. Right this is for Sean. I know he likes it. Is this from Mannequin? <laughs> yeah. You don't know this movie. one, bro. Come on. Come on. Wait for the hook. Is this the hook? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's a million. She's one in a million. Thanks for that. Man. On sound. Oh, blue eyes. Yeah, that's right. Sean Lewis. Yeah. Certified on your profession. with it. That's right. Yeah, that's some Timberland. No, this is this is quite. Oh, this is me. Oh, oh, oh shit. Oh, shout out to Coit. I like this, bro. See, it's got that Timberland sound to it, dog. Yeah, that's good, bro. Yeah. What's up? Uh, uh, uh. What's up? Uh, uh, uh. What's up? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, we can make a song out of that. And you know, our showrunner extraordinaire. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Bringing you that adult contemporary <laughs> fucking music <laughs> selections <laughs> by Chumahan. Hey, that contemporary rolled shoulders. Contemporary mm. rolled shoulders. The rolled no, this guy actually has Don't give me the shoulder cold pads, shoulder. Bro. Oh, rolled shoulders. It's like the time of the suit jackets with the shoulder pads in them. Yes, and you couldn't have rolled shoulders. Yeah, Those were luxury, have... the, the leisure suits and Correct. shit, right? Yeah. yeah, that's right. Hey, we Miami should get some Vice shit. Suits. Yeah, my dad Hard had a couple show, leisure, leisure suits. suits. Yeah. Leisure suits. Hey, shout hey, out man. to Leisure Time Entertainment. All right, hold on, hold on. Okay. Shout out to Leisure Time Entertainment. World. Shout out to you guys. All right, this is uh, Chalmers Big and Tall. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Uh, what? Chalmers Big and Tall. Hey, uh, why don't you uh, update us right now? While this, this music is going, tell us what's going on in your life, Schwartz. Yeah. What's going on in my life? Yeah. Please. Well, really, it's for the extended last, check in. For the, for yeah, the last on. month, it's been dealing with my mom, man, in the hospital. Dealing yeah. With some real serious shit. Actually, yesterday was the best day she's had in three and a half weeks. So, feeling a little less stressed, less anxiety. Oh, that. We like, like that. This, less. Just like this fucking song right here. Less. Yeah. All right. Anyway. You hear that, guys? That's it. Yeah. Good. Good. Our, our cinematographer Alibaba and the 40 Thieves 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 Ali Ali What's up, Ali? How you doing, Ali? Check in, dude. All good. Over here with the visuals. That's me. On the visuals. You can't see <laughs> me. What, you got a Jolly Rancher in Know what it is. <laughs> dude, he's like over there eating peanuts. Dude, you, know you should have seen these guys yeah, trying to open up a, a peanut bag. Three different people yeah. tried to... Three grown men tried to open up a bag of peanuts. Yeah, and let me have it. Ooh, get your own, let me have it. Yeah, they were like... <laughs> 
If you want to check it out, go to my Instagram, Chumahan. You can see live video of Ali, Big Lux, and Schwartz all trying to open up unsuccessfully a bag of peanuts. It's the most amazing thing you've ever seen. That's the uh, kind of stuff we do here. <clears throat> now, before we really get started, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people... Um, I'm gonna oh, pre- now you got the fucking... Yep, I do. YouTube I got working. it set up. I got to figure it out and know. set up. Uh, is, how's the sound? Thank you, brother. I don't know. You tell me. You play something. My name's Dewey Ox. Okay. Yeah, yeah, turn Dewey. up your... Let me see. Let me see. Okay, so listen. I just want to say something. <clears throat> As Schwartz becomes more and more a part of the crew, I'm going to say that if our show was Stripes, mm-hmm. right? If our mm-hmm. show was Stripes, okay? Steve, you're the... We'd Bill- be blessed. Oh, Steve, you'd be the Bill Murray guy. Mm. I I don't know who I am exactly. I might be Francis. Okay. And Sean is definitely who's that that dude in the glasses? Okay. Hal Reamer. Mm. Hal Ramis. Harold Bill, Ramis. Harold Ramis. And Schwartz is the John Candy guy. Okay. All right. So, in, in, John but Candy, I, a legend. He is a legend. But your new name is going to be Dewey Oxberger on the show. Look, Schwartz hates this already. Ox. We'll just call you Ox. Here we go. My name's Dewey Oxberger. <laughs> My friends call me Ox. You might have noticed I've uh, got a slight weight problem. No. Yeah, I do. No. Yeah, I, do. No. I went to this doctor. And, well, he told me I, I swallowed a lot of aggression along with a lot of pizzas. <laughs> pizzas. <laughs> I'm basically yeah, a shy person. I'm a shy guy, and uh, he yeah, suggested like, yeah, taking gene. one of these. Uh, like uh, me, a gene or two missing. You know, oh, training Can we go back to that guy? Yeah, you want Lee Harvey? Lee Harvey. That's uh, that's Ali. Lee Harvey. Yeah, Ali. Lee Harvey had like pre. Um, he had like pre-fetus <laughs> eyes. They were still set. On his Fetal alcohol syndrome eyes. Well, they still hadn't come all the way together. Tadpole. He was born. And they were that's when. That's when. <laughs> you know how they come? And yeah. Then they come forward. His were almost there. That's why he's got that reptilian looking like an alien. <laughs> like the, what was the movie of that? The movie where they. V. No, not that one. I love where that they're one. the the, the, the like they're, they're the part human and part plant. And they go off on a journey, and they look like panthers, and they fly. <laughs> what? Movie. Oh, oh, uh, oh! Um, the blue Avatar. Avatar. I'm over the Avatar. Tell me right now. Can you, can you pick up a screenshot of the Avatar guy? Yeah. I'm telling you, man, that looks like him. <laughs> look like a straight motherfucking reptile. Right. Uh, let's see. It was not. It was not him. It was. It wasn't Steven Spielberg's Avatar. What was the James name? James Cameron. James Cameron. Thank mm-hmm. you, sir. Thank you for that. Like, mm-hmm. let's see. I want to get like an yeah. image of that. We just want to get an image of that. Yeah, we're getting an image of that. That's taking fucking forever. You gonna? T- oh <laughs> hell no! Like that? What? <laughs> Avatar with that giant nose bridge that Look usually it, connotes some kind of Down syndrome, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, dude. Yeah. I'm not making it out. And I'm not clowning. I'm a shy person. I'm not even clowning. I'm a shy guy, and uh, That's he suggested taking one of these uh, aggression training courses. You know, these- Right? We're sending you to ALA. These aggressive training courses like AST, those type of things. Anyway, it costs 400 bucks. Four hundred bucks to join us. Well, I, I didn't have the money. And I thought to myself, <laughs> "Join the army. It's free." So I figured, while I'm here, I'll lose a few pounds. And you got what? A six to eight week training program here? A real tough one? Which is perfect for me. I'm gonna walk out of here a lean, lean mean, mean fighting machine. machine. <laughs> hey, hey uh, Schwartz, that's... he's really entertaining himself with this thing here, Schwartz. What do you think of that? I mean, Schumann really. Yeah, he is. Really I agree. Went, oh, that's a big, I agree. A lot yeah. of time invested in you. Yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Schwartz has got the shit. Schwartz. Schwartz has in him the the golden 
The golden powers. Golden fucking dildo. I, let's see. Listen. Oh, hey. well, I don't know hey, why we. Hey, go. Why do we go gotta there. go there? Hey, why? Do, I didn't say golden hey, power. Hey, golden it's gillet. A dildo. We got the golden gillet. Then it's super. So you know what? I'm starting to think I'm not the one with the you weird. Got the dick golden wand. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> oh, gravy leg. Here comes gravy leg. <laughs> In reality, he's got the golden wand. He's banging. He goes over the head with his wand. I don't know, man. All right, now look. Um, I want to switch gears here and get serious about WW2. Mm-hmm. What? Okay, I was going to throw you a reminder that I tried to before we started, but uh, Bagel Shop near... Uh, oh, well, near okay, so daughter, just saying. listen. Daughter, daughter. No. So talking about aggression, talking about aggression, See? last weekend... Sean told me and King Salmon a story about. Didn't we already talk about this? Yeah, no, no, we talked about another time you almost yeah. beat up somebody. Yeah, you almost beat somebody <laughs> up again. At a, at a drive. Screaming through. at you at the drive. Boy, so wait, 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 Sean, we got a pattern developed. Wait, 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 <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> okay, Sean. First of all, where was this? The bagel shop across wherever we are. Right. Yeah. You went there for what purpose? Uh, to get a bagel. And what did you get? A bagel. I got a croissant. <laughs> you wanted a bagel. That's got, where you fucked up. He got right. a croissant. That's what okay. they fucked So you up. walk in to get the croissant. Then what happened? Yeah, a dude behind me was uh, mumbling or whatever. And then he was he was uh, mumble saying, rapping. Mumble rapping. Yeah. yeah. What happened? No. And then he was like, eh, "You're in line. Your You're in line. You're yeah, ordering a croissant. Dude, yeah. I'm not even paying attention to him. Had no idea it was behind me. And then he starts yelling about you laughing, motherfucker. I'll kick your ass. And I See, turn you. around. And I said, who are you talking to? And he said, I'm talking to you. Oh. And then oh. and then I said, motherfucker, I'm not even looking at you. I don't know who you're talking about. And he's like, oh, I'll be fucking beat your ass. I said, try it, bro. <laughs> and uh, and that was it. No. And, we got, and he no. stepped up to me, and I stepped up to him. And wait, then the, slow it down. Slow oh, you down. Got, wait, no, you guys no, did no, step no, to each other. Let's go on the show. Let's talk about WW2. This is WW2. Nobody gives a shit. It's about to be WW3. Dude, this guy, everywhere he goes is Iwo Jima. Yeah, dog. How, what is what's going the on? energy that you're bringing? At? I don't know, man. These I was telling you, fuck business. you, I'll kick your ass. Like people, I, when was the last time you were threatened in public, Chumon? <sighs> publicly threatened by somebody. But I can't even remember. How about you? How about Schwartz? How about you? When was the last time you were publicly threatened? Besides like, your loud. wife. Besides your wife. With or without your wife? Six, seven years ago. Okay. Ali! Ali? When when's was the last, last time? time you were publicly threatened? Wow. Wow. And this he guy gets remember. it twice in 30 days. Three, I, I mean, Three listen, times. Yeah. I, I actually, I don't know. What's but going sh- on, Sean? Sean, dude. What's going what on? are you bringing was, that type of energy? I didn't, even, I didn't even know he was back there. Right. That's he, but that's Yet the he thing. could sense you. Right. What are you bringing that? you laying? I don't know. Silent he, assassin. This dude had like a, like a, it ain't about a them, white Sean. eye. Like a white eye. Like yeah, one of his it ain't eyes. about was him, like, though, yeah, yeah. Glazed okay. over. No, 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 no. He, no, listen. He had a milky eye. Yeah. No, and he thought, he, I guess he thought I was laughing at him or something. That's but how, how he, could you be laughing oh. at him if you're facing the counter? I right. I don't know, bro. Wait, that's he's how fucking these, nuts. How do we know he could see out the eye? Because he was fucking, he's a fucking lunatic. That's why. That's how these real MMA killers are. What do you mean? They fucking. They don't have to be looking at you. They don't have to say anything. You can just feel that they'll fucking detach your head from your shoulders. Yeah. That's Sean, the kind of energy listen, I think Sean me, brings. Listen, Sean said... MMA energy. Listen, Sean said that he actually stepped towards the guy. And, and invited him to dance? Well, he stepped up towards me, so I stepped up to him. So bring it, bro. So you... Uh, did, said, you let's see you try. Did the adrenaline on? go off? Yeah. It did. Oh, so that the go button was yeah. It was inches from being. I did have a little bit of adrenaline, yeah, for sure. Think about that. Think about old blue eyes is oh, at man. the bagel shop. Steve, you've been there a million times. Has anybody ever tried to fight you at the bagel shop? At the all the times you've gone and gotten an ba- egg bagel. Yeah, yeah. What? I think I've had a bagel shop experience. What happened? Maybe some guy didn't want to move his car. <laughs> <laughs> Just pulled out of thin air. Guy didn't want to move his car. <laughs> that Where guy at this? Starbucks almost got it this morning from him. Oh, dude, you remember that? <laughs> yeah, that homeless dude. You and Sean should team up and start fighting homeless people. Cause that dude. I was with Damien yeah. though, Damien, and we were at this at Ninth and Pico at that liquor store. And some dude was getting crazy. He's dropping me off, and I was at Claire at the time. Some dude, he's about my size. 
I fucking took off on his ass right there and put him to sleep. And that dude didn't wake up. They got their ambulances <laughs> to wake that guy up. Like, and this is like, this is like 15 years ago. Uh, and I, then I walked into the treatment center and I'm looking out the window and then the ambulance is coming. I'm like, oh shit. Like, did I went ahead and got myself a case now? Yeah, right. I thought for a second like, I wasn't going to wake up at all. Finally got up and he was waving. <laughs> he was waving, waving at you? No, he was just like waving at people. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> I'm this guy's right, right, alive, right. dog. I was like, this is making me nervous. Wow. What the hell do you got going on here? So listen, <clears throat> so check it out. WW2. Speaking of wars. Right. Speaking of ah, aggression, yeah. speaking of wars, right? Oh, Blue Eyes, who loves WW2. Ah, and Blue Eyes yeah. has even asked me, he's like, why do I love fighting so much? You've said that to me. Yeah. And what was my answer? I don't know. Because I'm Be- angry. Because you're angry. Okay. And I'm going to add to this. I'm going to add to this. Sean, and the different times that I've talked to him about World War II ideas that I've been coming up with, I've never seen him get more excited than that. I love it, dude. I love it. And when I said to him, I go, Hey, bro, we should just do a whole show on guys with flamethrowers. Sean was like, how satisfying would that be to just burn a motherfucker? (laughs) And that's when I was like, you know what? Maybe there's a lot of aggression inside of Sean that maybe people are picking up on it, bro. The real sadistic one. He is. <laughs> you guys think I am because I'm fucking loud about it. The truth is, I'm a fucking, I'm a gentle soul compared to this one over here. This guy will fucking, he'll fight a handicapped guy we can't even see out of one eye at a fucking bagel shop. Real killers move in silence, man. Okay, so let me tell you something. That's right. That's right. Still waters run deep. Let me tell you something about uh-huh. WW2, motherfuckers. South Pacific. Okay, uh-huh. not enough. There we go. Hey. Not enough has talked about what went on in the South Pacific. Schwartz, what do you understand about what happened in the South Pacific? Um, that it was a big problem when Japan, the U.S. was really concerned that Japan was going to overtake them as a superpower. And they were solidifying different spots of geography in the South Pacific that was a threat to us. Right. That's a Too very close. good general discussion. Ali, come here. Ali, put those goddamn headphones on. Stop playing fucking pocket pool. Listen to this. You're 25, right? 22. 22, okay. What do you know about what happened in World War II in the South Pacific? Not enough to have a convo about it. Yeah, but just tell me kind of like what your impression is. Bro, I don't know. Okay. We All dropped right. the nuke. That's what a lot of people understand about it because right. that was the end. But this is cool because Ali's 22, and he, and so we can at least start exposing him to a little bit about what went on. So Ali, right. put, those, sure. yeah. put those headphones on, brother. Yeah. All right, good. check this out. Check this out. So, <clears throat> Japan's army, the imperial army, the army of the emperor. Now, remember, emperor of Japan claimed to be a direct descendant of oh, the God. fucking son. Okay, right. Think about that. Son had a baby, and it was the emperor. Right. That's what he was going That's around telling. That's what tell- their belief is. This imperial army that was in the South Pacific had never been defeated. They had gone into China. Knocked out fucking China on the on the East Coast, at least. And then came down through the Philippines, kicked MacArthur's ass in the Philippines. MacArthur had to surrender. And he and MacArthur said, I'll be back. I'll be back. And they went into Papua New Guinea. And Japan's plan was Papua New Guinea by Australia. On top of, right on top of okay. Australia, and their plan was to invade Australia. Ali, uh, what would, I mean, what do you think, does it surprise you to think that the Japanese at one time were trying to take over the world and that they had almost invaded Australia? Think about, think about that. Does that surprise you? I mean, I'm not a fan of war. I don't, it kind of sucks that it had to happen that way. Like, they couldn't, like, figure out how to handle it more peacefully. Think about that. So they couldn't figure out how to conquer more countries peacefully? Think about that, brother. Yeah, it's kind of depressing. Yeah. Steve, what do you think about it? He's a young man. He's, he's an art, artist. He's idealistic. And he's sitting there. And he probably hasn't ever been touched by war yet. No. And he's sitting there saying, like, I don't understand why the Japanese couldn't have peacefully found a way to deal with taking over Australia. Well, I think it's, for one, is... It wasn't that long ago. This was not that long ago what we're talking about. Right. (laughs) And, yeah, man, like, these people were down with the Nazis. 
Think about that, Ali. They didn't give a fuck. They were riding with the Nazis. That's what we were fighting for. And like, and their their concentration camps and the way they were handling and what they had already done in history that we had witnessed. Right. The Chinese are like right. These, these were like like. And but see, hold on, Chumahan. Hold on, wait. Before I want to make sure people understand this, and I want Ali. Please to, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The rape of Nan King Ali was a time when the Japanese invaded China mm-hmm. and raped the shit out of all their women. That anime stuff that everyone thinks is so cool, and I ain't saying it's not cool. There's a good art to it. Think about anime coming from a culture where at one point they were taking over Korea and China and forcing all those women into sexual slavery. How does that impact? What do you think about that? Wait, that's crazy. You brought like anime with like what that I, i'm i'm confused about that anime is japanese animation correct yeah okay and in some anime right hentai right there's like multiple dicks and shit like that yeah, right? that's gnarly i don't fuck with that shit weird right but that's in the same that's from the same culture no like japan yes well i'm not gonna like hate on japan i'm not asking you to i'm asking mm-hmm. you facts mm-hmm. does anime and hentai come from the same culture yes or no it's from the same Japan area, yeah. I don't know if same culture. I don't. I don't know. See that? Do you see that, Sean? Can you talk about why it's difficult for Ali to kind of come uh, down on that? He doesn't want to condemn. I, I, I think he doesn't want to hop on that boat where this comes to comes back around to bite him in the ass. Right, but 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 Ali, think about this: America, black mm-hmm. slavery, mm-hmm. right, and people who made Mickey Mouse cartoons, right? America. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's the same culture, American slave, and that the same country also produced Mickey Mouse shit? Would you say that that was the same culture, or would you try to, like, separate it? I mean, I kind of get what you're saying, but, like, to be honest, like, everybody is good, bad, and evil. So it's like nobody is perfect. No country is perfect. Everyone is fucked up. So I'm not (laughs) about to ruin my anime experience because... Japan. Like, so you're, love, <laughs> you're defending your anime experience. I, I don't like hentai. That's weird, but anime, that's different. Uh, Steve, yeah. what are you hearing here from a young man right now? Well, I mean, uh, he, well, I understand where he's coming from too, but it's you know, I mean, he, he needs you need to further elaborate on I why you said it. that about artwork, you know. Well, you know, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I think mean, it's getting a little bit off of the track of what. We're actually, talking. I don't know. Let me ask you a question, mm-hmm. Schwartz. Yep. Um, how do you feel about a lot of the Nazi scientists that were hired by the U.S. to further their rocket program? I mean, would you try to parse that out? Would you say that that's off track, or would you say that there are certain elements that are aligned with the Nazis in this country, and it's leading to a lot of trouble? Oh, for sure. I feel really conflicted about it because a lot of the Nazi scientists that were brought over that started NASA, NASA, Operation Paperclip, all that shit, Right. they really contributed positively to this country. However, they should have been fucking hung and shot before they fucking got here. Uh, fuck the Nazis, fuck anybody who's down with them, Absolutely. and that whole master race bullshit and trying to exterminate a bunch of Jews and other people that a lot of shit gets forgotten that they yeah. also killed a lot of other people that weren't Jewish um, during World, World War II. It's, um, yeah. Go ahead. I would say that, you know what? We look at the Nazis about how crazy and how fucking sinister they were, mm. and they were. But we don't talk about the same thing about the Japanese. Exactly right, my right, point. Right, right, right. That's right. exactly my point. Right. We floated out, and I'm not down on all anime. I bet you there's a ton but of there's people. There's a lot, but for some reason, there's more. They have we have more to gain from them. Well, That's but we don't we actually. I don't know. I mean, no, I mean you... the German. The German. We work with the Germans hand in glove a lot. Merkel, all that shit, bro. BMW. We're over here fucking selling bmws when those machines were that's used that's what i'm saying look at japan like like uh, but Jap- fucking all their shit you don't think we don't we give them almost a pass almost people forget that japan yeah. was aligned Absolutely. with the nazis well, and why? they themselves thought that they were a master race why right why why would we give them a pass like that i think because we're using the japanese as part of our buffer against china hmm. that's what i think but i don't fully know so this is why I'm saying the South Pacific is something we got to really look at. 
we got to really understand what's really going on. Don't forget the Italians, Mussolini. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You made a, you made a, you know, not the Sicilians, the Sicilians. but the <laughs> Mussolini, the Italians, they sided with Hitler too. And in fact, that Nazi salute comes from the Romans, which Mussolini, Mussolini was using before Hitler. So that thing in there. So I said to myself, America's contribution in the South Pacific is incredible. And the sacrifice that the Americans made in the South Pacific is insane. And the, the, the European theater part has been talked about a lot. And it should have been. But we haven't absolutely talked about what went on when the Japanese were coming down towards Australia. And, of course, December 7th, right? Day of Living Infamy, 1941. Right. That's when we got bombed in Pearl Harbor. And luckily for us, we had two carriers out of port at the time. Yeah. The the York. That's a story that I want to hear. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get there. We got to set it all up. This is a fucking. (laughs) Thank you. Lexington and the fucking York, I think it was. They were out. And the Japanese had their own aircraft carriers, too. And I can't say their names. Like Kakami. How big was the Japanese air? Fleets. I mean, the sea, the fleet, right? At, compared to America's at that time, it was equal. They had as many battleships and carriers and all that shit. Okay, you, you okay. got to remember that at that time, the United States wasn't engaged in the war yet, right? And we and we have a big continent and we got a lot of different shit. The Japanese have been on that island since time of memorial, right. so they had already built up their shit. And that's how they were conquering all the South Pacific. They had conquered it. I mean, really think about this. The Americans were in the Philippines. And when Japan showed up, and Douglas MacArthur, the general who's credited with finally defeating Japan, right? right? And he's not a Navy guy. Nimitz is the Navy guy. They had to work together. And they they didn't hate each other. But MacArthur was a show dog, loudmouth motherfucker. And Nimitz was a cold, quiet, very humble man. Amazing guy, actually, Nimitz. Amazing dude. Okay. They had to work together to deal with the South Pacific. MacArthur got his ass kicked in the Philippines, and he had to surrender. And Japan kept going. Now, you got to also remember, this is a time where now Japan's feeling itself. I mean, they fucking just beat China. They beat everybody else. They took over Singapore. They fucking sent the Americans packing. So Japan was like, yeah, what? What, motherfucker? Yeah, bonsai. Yeah, our trees might be little, but check this swag. <laughs> so then they bomb Pearl Harbor, right? Because they're like, fuck, we got to knock these dudes out right now and make them not want to deal with us. Which is a super bold move. Super bold move. Why did they do that? At the time, it made sense in part because they wanted to... Push America back, hamstring us, right? Like we don't have our Navy. They knew we had all of our shit all in one spot, that harbor, Pearl Harbor. So they were like, if we knock out enough of these dudes, then they'll be spending a lot of time trying to fucking, you know, build up back where they were. And by the time they do all that shit, we probably will have taken over Australia and we'll have some of the oil fields there. Because you got to remember, Japan's kind of a small deal. And they need oil. This is an oil-based shit right now. All right. So they do that. What the Japanese did not, and the, the Germans didn't either, they didn't understand that America had a huge industrial capability. That's what they didn't get. The United States, because of our businesses and making all the Chevrolets and all the fucking airplanes and all this other stuff, before we got into the war, all our industries... We're set up to pump out all this shit to make as much money as possible. Remember, the Russians had visited outside of Disneyland and they thought the parking lot that was full of all those cars was a CIA trick. That that wasn't real. There's no way there's that many cars in this country because they couldn't contemplate that. So we had like a whole fucking... But it was all for like, you know, fun bullshit. Nothing was set up for the war. And at that time before... Pearl Harbor, America was like, eh, we don't need to get involved. Like, what do we? We got our own thing going. We're far away. Once the Japanese hit us, and this is why conspiracy theorists say, like, Roosevelt knew, and I don't know if he did or not. I don't think so. But once we got hit, 
that's when the United States, and this is what everyone needs to remember, and this is why we pay welfare to farmers and all this shit to keep the shit going. In war situations where trade stops and all this shit, and we got to now turn all industry into producing shit for the war effort, we got to keep them all afloat in case that happens. And when that happened in 1941 and we started making ships, Japan had no idea that we could pump out the big fucking navy that we pumped out in a short amount of time. Same thing with the Germans in, in our tanks. The Germans were making tanks so fucking precise. They were better than our tanks, right? Took them forever. We were punching fucking tanks out like a fucking, like they were fucking ding-dongs. We are just like, boom, boom, boom. And that massive numbers overwhelmed those fucks. Same thing in the South Pacific, the Nimitz. So when we got hit, we sent some stupid little Doolittle raid, you know, which is like some fucking bullshit where it was like we just sent as, as best as we could a couple of pilots over to Tokyo to bomb some shit to let them know we could do it. And we did, and it freaked them out a little bit. But by, by the time we had set up, like, okay, what are we going to do, right, to deal with this issue? And by the way, we partnered with the Australians, that's why I love Australians, the Aussies. They love Americans. That's why everybody over here and over there eats steak, vegan steak, but steaks, because we love each other. Crocodile Dundee, any day of the week, pal. Thing is, so we hook up with them and we go over there, right? And Nimitz sets it all up and he's like, all right, <clears throat> what are we going to do? And MacArthur too. And what had just started to come into view for everyone at that time was how to use aircraft carriers. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Aircraft carriers were deadly because they could send air power way, way and destroy ground troops. This is what, a lot of what we did over there. Aircraft carriers were vulnerable. And World War II against the Japanese was the first time in history that aircraft carriers battled each other. I'll save that for another day about what went on in Midway and all that shit. Pretty, yeah. in, pretty intense. Real fucking oh, intense. Man. Okay. But what we did do is we hit Guadalcanal and also New Guinea, Buna. Okay? And when it started, we weren't ready yet. But MacArthur and everybody else said, we got to send people over there now. And we got to dislodge the Japanese. The Japanese had spent years, months, building concrete billboxes in all of these little volcanic islands that dot all over the South Pacific. Shitholes that had nothing but, you know, Castaway with that fucker Tom Hanks? All of them were like that. Except they had 8,000 peak mountains on them, too. And nothing on there was worth anything and they had nothing but lava bubbles that had bursted that made caves that the japanese had set up shop with fucking machine gun nests all throughout it and the whole idea was we're gonna bury and we're gonna put all these concrete boxes with little slits for gun shit right and then anyone tries to take these little islands that we put airplane strips on so that we could fly planes and hit Australia, hit the United States whenever we felt like it and flex our muscle. We're going to put all these little fortifications all over. And they spent just time and time and time building these fortifications. So by the time the Americans said, we got to start taking these little fucking shit-ass islands in the middle of nowhere, they'd already dug in deep with their guns pointed west or whatever, east, ready for us. So we fucking called up something called the Red Arrow, 32nd Division, right? These guys are out of Wisconsin and Michigan. These white boys, and they were mostly all white, had never seen a jungle. They were grew up in fucking Michigan. Forests out there, ain't nothing. And they don't know where they're going. In fact, they think they're going to Europe when they get called up. They were National Guard. They weren't even real army dudes. They were National Guard. They got called up. 
They even get on the train and they go to Boston. Once they get to Boston, let me ask: Do do they go through the same training? National Guard and and the, like regular military. No, and they put them through a training, but the training they put them through was all like normal, like Midwestern camp training. Right. Like they were just in a in a fucking in a field in a fucking pup tent. And they were just like digging little, little things. They didn't know anything about, and they were still using some weapons from World War One. Oh, it's a way to get them prepared. Well, they didn't know what to. Well, right. they did. You they didn't know start, what to prepare for. Start somewhere. Right. Okay. They send these guys to Boston. Once they get to Boston, the order comes down. No, 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 no. Everyone's going to the South Pacific right now. So they get back on the trains and go back to California. These guys, these guys are eighteen. They don't know what's going on. They think they're just going to defend the West Coast. They have never heard. Of Guam, they have never heard of Guadalcanal. They don't know what the fuck that is. Mm-hmm. So, it is known as the Brown Hell, not because of any racial reason, but because of the mud. Right. Every one of those soldiers that went there on the thirty second, they all got the black fever, malaria. Mm-hmm. They said there was bugs in their skin, and and. In mm, their skin. That's so fucking foul. What's so crazy about what happened was in that in that theater, the biggest theater uh, in the world. Not only that, but they were saying that the Japanese that died over there. Now you gotta remember, they were all ready for European warfare, which was like, oh, you outnumbered them, they surrender. Okay, but the Japanese were fanatical. They were ready to die. They they were not surrendering. The Japanese would kill themselves. By pulling a pin on a grenade near their stomach or run into fucking GIs and just blow everybody the fuck up. You couldn't reason with them. And they, and these corn-fed American boys had no idea. Like, they couldn't understand. They, they, they couldn't wrap their minds around that. That was just crazy. Um, I, I got some clips here. And maybe some of this, I want to kind of get your guys' kind of take on some of this. This is just a precursor. Right. Okay? Because I want to talk about Buna. I want to talk about Iwo Jima. I want to talk about fucking Guadalcanal. I want to talk about the whole, Midway. Yeah. All of it. Right. I want to go through all of it. Because this is the gruesomest, bloodiest part of oh this my world. And God. we should. Why Let's see. You? I'm going, but for some reason I don't hear any sound. Grainy footage. Mm-hmm. I don't hear any sound. Is that because of me? Yeah, it is. Difficult to imagine the uh, tremendous that right work that we yeah. have to go into. Wow. Sid Phillips, look at this guy. Sector. Lots of trees had to be cut down. Uh, cut down trees had to be moved, but you wanted as clean a, a field of fire. Guys just cutting get. tall grass uh, you did not with want a blade. To be able to Jesus. provide hiding places for uh, the Japanese if you were run over by them. So we were always cleaning the ground and trying to have clean uh, fields of fire. You never rested on Guadalcanal. There was always a working party, uh, always a project going on. So uh, you never were allowed to sit down and rest. It seemed like there there was always something skin. He's been uh, going on. Eighty years old and still not to be fucked with. At night, you were always back. In your position on your perimeter, and the uh, perimeter was fully manned uh, at night, uh, every night. The times when it would get the worst is uh, there'd be no food that we had hoarded away. You know, sometimes we'd get a uh, few cans of sea ration. Sea ration. Okay, so that's like spam. That's what he's talking about. Sometimes you get a little bit of spam. Ali, what do you think about this? These dudes living way out in the middle of nowhere in a country they've never been to. And the thing he says first off is one of the hardest things was the food. We didn't have any food. What do you think about that? Well, it seemed like they didn't get any rest and always working and having no food and having to fight, like being prepared to fight and just like not being able to get a good night's sleep. That's some life. Imagine if if we if 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 somebody if a if a boy went through that he turned into a man, yeah, right. Okay, listen to this. We'd hoard them away, but we would run completely out of hoarded food, and there'd be nothing to do except uh, stand in line for your two tablespoons of rice uh, twice a day. And, two tablespoons of American soldiers. Two tablespoons of rice a day. 
Schwartz, when was the last time you only ate two tablespoons of rice a day? Never. Uh, that's what you'd get. And they'd check the roll. I mean, you couldn't go through the line twice. But you'd get two tablespoons of that rice uh, in the morning and two tablespoons uh, uh, in the afternoon. And uh, uh, we were really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> No shit. No fucking shit. Look at those and, shits. And the bombardments. Oh, the bombardments. <clears throat> never let up. We were bombarded almost every night by uh, Jap cruisers and uh, and destroyers. And uh, one night by battleships. I didn't think we would ever uh, survive that at all. It was unbelievable. It just went on and on and on and on and on. And... The concussion was so tremendous that uh, it would squeeze the breath out of you, you know. Uh, if you've ever had the breath knocked out of you playing football or something, you know, and you're uh, gasping for breath, it was that after every salvo. Uh, it, was, it just knocked the breath out of you over and over. And we, we really thought we were dead. And these guys were praying out loud and all the Catholics were... Hollering Hail Mary. Oh, you know. yeah. It wasn't funny. It's funny now. It wasn't funny then. <laughs> I bet not. What do you think about that? Sean loves WW2 shit. Sean, what are, what are you thinking about that? I mean, that? that's just. Imagine. I, I would think I was going to die. Yeah. Ah. Well, they did think they hey, were going to yeah. die. Steve, what do you think about what you're hearing there? About when this old gentleman, and guy's seen it psoriasis all, he, all over, he doesn't he's give a seen fuck. all that shit. He probably, that, that guy like him, like, that only seasoned him. That only got him just more experiences under the belt. You could tell, man. Like, <laughs> How can you probably, tell? You How could, can you tell? Because it changed him. Like, he probably didn't, in, in a way, he just seems like a guy that, Probably the rest of his life, you couldn't really, like, I don't know. He seems like a guy that really embraced that and understands it and the, just, like, everything else. Like, realizes that how large his shit really is. Like, he has a perspective on things, really, that he probably carried through life after that experience. Sure. That's the kind of guy you could pull a gun on and he would And he laughed. He, at, he was like, yeah. yeah. Nah, he would laugh, but he'd probably have... Some type of, you know what I'm saying? You. Uh, well, I bet you a guy like that. Um, bunch of shots going off. He might know what to do. Not only would he know, I, dude. When I when I see a guy like that, like an old man, right, nose is red as a tomato, doesn't give a fuck, right. I look at a guy like that, and I look and I admire the fact that he's still here, right, and he's still living life. And he's still, I think of a guy like that, he, I think he has true meaning in his life. Like, I think he, he understands the meaning right, of things. Right, right, Like, he, yeah, I, I, think, I think so too. And he lives his life like that. Check this guy out. This guy is Herschel Woody. Is this guy living with meaning? Uh, well. I wanted to be, and I have said jokingly oh, wow, many times, the Marine Corps uniform was so much more attractive, and they could, they could get girls easier right. than those guys in those ugly army uniforms, right. and I didn't want to wear that. <laughs> Listen to this. This is how, where he goes. We went to Guam and took Guam back from the Japanese. We stayed on Guam until early February of uh, 1945. We were told we were shipping out. Shipping out. Nobody had any idea where we were going. Herschel and the 3rd Marine Division were off to invade a small volcanic island from which the Allies would be close enough to stage attacks against the Japanese mainland. The island's name? Iwo Jima. None of us, of course, had ever heard tell of it. Heard tell. They did tell us that uh, it was small, and there were, you know, there's 20,000 of us on this ship. Two other Marine divisions were already scheduled to land first. Reasonably, we we thought, <laughs> why would they need so many Marines? Sean, what? You were going to say something. 60,000 dudes are going to descend on this fucking tiny island? On this tiny motherfucking island. I mean, think about just being on a ship 
with thousands of dudes. When they show pictures, like when you go on a normal cruise ship, you got space. When you see the ones from WW2, these guys are shoulder to shoulder on the railing. Sorry, can. I mean, I would think that th- these guys would be pretty confident. They were. That's they scary. were. That's why he's laughing. Right. This fucking guy's it's laughing. He's like, of honor, man. Little yeah, like, what? Why There's 20,000 of us. We're going to fuck these dudes up. That's exactly right. And I mean, check out Medal of Honor. Right. Yeah. Schwartz. That's a fucking. He's got the Medal of Honor. He's got the fucking hats. Yeah. Like this dude. Heavily decorated. <sighs> And we were told by the briefers that were briefing us that it probably would last two to three days. And then we'd we'd be done. We'd go back to our tents that we left on Guam. They left tents on Guam because they thought it was going to be so short. Why bring the tents? We'll go there, mop up this tiny little fucking island, overwhelm them with our fucking marine diehard attitude, and go back to sleep on Guam. But that didn't work out that way. Nope. Uh, let me see if I can go right to it right here. The first night <sighs> after having lost so many the first day on Iwo Jima, uh, we got word over the Carrying speaker that we were going in the next day. Bodies on stretchers. So the Japanese defense on the island was unexpectedly fierce, and the American casualties had far surpassed predictions. When Herschel and the 3rd Division hit the shore, they were met with an impassable wall of resistance. Remember, I'm telling you, this is where all the pillboxes, the concrete boxes and all that shit were set up exactly for this. The Japanese had thought this up. And don't forget, Japanese ain't stupid. They invented samurai code. So they've been thinking about, we're going to have to fucking keep people off these shores. What are we going to do? We're going to make a thousand fucking concrete pillboxes with little slits with our guns aimed out for motherfuckers like this landing. It encountered a large number of reinforced concrete. Look at that. Reinforced concrete box. Look at that. That's what Herschel and everyone else is facing when they land on the beach. And when you land on the beach, you're out in the open. There's nothing covering you. There's no trees. That's small artillery right there. How the fuck did they even put that there? That's that shoots through you, and it's going through you and another. Oh soldier. yeah, that's going yeah. through a whole ship. That's that's fucking taking the skin right off your face and leaving a skull. <laughs> I mean, look at this yeah. rebar. No, look at this rebar. Yeah. Ali, what do you think about this? These are grown men, young men, eighteen, nineteen year old guys walking right into a fucking machine gun nest, fucking massacre, and they can't go back. What what, what goes? What do you think about? Is there a happy ending? Because it seems like they're all going to die. All right, it's let's like find out. That's a good fast forward. To... That's, a, that's a good no, That's a good question. We got a young man here, 22, wants to know if there's a happy ending. We got the real, <laughs> we got to give you the real answer for one to that. Yeah, yeah, we got, a ja- we got a Japanese fucking giant fucking gun coming out of a little fucking hole. Three pillboxes, and we couldn't bust through them. Every time we would try to advance, there were so many of them. They had all the field of fire because they're in a protected area. We're in an open area. And we were losing Marines very rapidly, but we needed to go forward in order to capture the island. My commanding officer asked for a meeting. We gathered in a huge shell crater. He asked me at that point in time if I could do anything with flamethrowers against the pillboxes. Now, think about that. Really, and Ali, I want you to transport yourself to this. Mm -hmm. And and us, we live a very comfortable life. We live a very sheltered, comfortable fucking existence right now. You know what I mean? We get upset when we go to Starbucks and they fucking send us cold coffee. (laughs) Not hot enough, you know. (laughs) Think about this. Your Your buddies had died on the beach. Their blood is flowing into the ocean. Your hunkered down in a shell crater and you're sitting there with your commanding officer and there's no going back and the commanding officer is saying you think you can do anything with a flamethrower yeah i said i will try she gave me four marines 
the Marines were to shoot at the pillbox, that I'm going to try to get flame inside so that we can eliminate the enemy within. Much of what went on that day, I have absolutely no memory. Under constant enemy fire, Herschel advanced up the beach, successfully taking out one pillbox after another. When a flamethrower would run out, he returned to the rear of the American lines, grabbed another, and advanced again to the next pillbox. Herschel repeated this cycle for hours, miraculously, never receiving a single wound. But the Marines providing his cover fire would not be so fortunate. Two of them lost their lives that day doing that. Uh, but I was able to advance uh, with the help of other Marines. I was able to eliminate the enemy within seven of those pillboxes. That gave us a way of getting through. And once we passed through that protective pillbox area, then we had the advantage. So, Ali, Fucking a, bro. there is a happy ending to this story, which is that he burned up a bunch of Japanese in pillboxes. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. I'm glad that they were able to figure it out. Right, but, I mean, in war, it sucks. I mean, you're right, war's not a good thing, but in war, they did figure it out, but the way they figured it out was killing the other guy with mm. fire. Yes, yeah, either you or me. Can you imagine dying by fire? I don't want to. I mean, is there a worse way to die than by being roasted to a crisp? Fuck that. Let me ask you something. This is a real question, Ali. And you have to answer one or the other. Mm-hmm. Would you rather be burned alive or eaten by a shark? Uh, you have to pick one. They're both fucked. Which one would you prefer? No, no, no. That's too much. No, you got to pick one. Mm-mm. Yeah, come on. It's either bur- it's burned alive or eaten by a shark, Ali. Which one? That's too fucked. You wow. have to pick one. That's rough. Steve, would you rather be burned alive or eaten by a shark? Eaten by a shark. Sean? Yeah, the shark thing, I think. I think I'd be eaten by a shark too. A hundred percent. Right. hundred percent. Why? What, what, why, is that, why is that clear? Mm-mm. Because we know people. We can talk to people. They don't have to die. We know it from burns. That's the worst pain there is. That's true. Burns are. That's they have true. special units in hospitals just for burns and burn victims and skin there's grafts. Whole, there's a whole thing to it. Right. They say that level of pain is is something different. So. All right. Listen to why these guys. I'm going to play two more clips and then we're done with this because this is just a little teaser as to our South mm-hmm. Pacific World War II battle. But I, I really like having Ali here because Ali's of a generation that might be so far removed from this war that they can't Thanks. fully wrap their minds around just how mm-hmm. gruesome mm-hmm. it was. The no, reality it's of it's good that you're sharing this, man. Yeah. yeah. All right. So listen. So this. Remember, I told you about the Red Arrow 32nd Division National Guards, dude. Yes. My plan is, and I've talked to Sean a little bit about this, and we're not sure how we're going to proceed, but I actually want to go through this entire documentary and watch it with all of us Mm -hmm. and record our reactions and discussions on it. I like that. And then Sean was saying maybe we put that up as an extra or something somewhere. Right, Sean? Yeah, like Gumroad or something. Gumroad. Do it for free. Do it for free, but get people to go to Gumroad where our other material's at. But have us watch this and talk and react to what these guys are doing. Totally. Listen to this. This is why these guys, listen to how, these are real old dudes now, right? Like some of these dudes have like oxygen in their nose and shit like that, right? That's how old they are. Listen to the reasons why they joined up in the service before they knew, before World War II was about to hit. Okay. Right? It's fucking phenomenal. This is real life, bro. Real life. Real life. Uh, Real deal, holy deal. Yeah, let's see what's going on here. One second. Make sure that I got this set up right. Real. Real deal. Holy field. Let's see if I got this right. Why is this giving me... Okay, here we go. All right. What's going on? So we're seeing some black and white... Shortly after the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor in 1941, the Japanese Imperial Army that had successfully invaded the Philippines 
viciously conquered Singapore and controlled two-thirds of China, set their sights on the conquest of Australia. General Douglas MacArthur, commander-in-chief of the Southwest Pacific, needed American troops to supplement the sparse Australian forces desperately fighting in New Guinea against the superior forces of Japan. Okay, this is why they joined. Let's go to this. This is 32nd Division Red Arrow. I was selected by my friends and neighbors. I got a letter one day. <laughs> Uncle Sam wants you. <laughs> and there was no jobs. And uh, Colonel Hayes was in charge of the guards mm. at that time. And uh, he knew my folks. And he said, uh, why don't you come down and uh, put you to work? He says, you can join the guards and you can make a dollar a week. Not just like any other you young guys. I mean, uh, I didn't want to have my mother and dad tell me when to get in and so forth. Mm. Well, I learned the hard way. <laughs> I had a guy went in service, and then I had some guy tell me when to get up, when to mm -hmm. go to bed. They all were, the whole neighborhood was in, they joined various companies. Mm -hmm. We had about 15 kids around there, they all signed up. A company was I from love this guy. Uh, Coldwater, B company was from Adrian, C Company from Kalamazoo, D Company from Holland, E Company was Big Rapids, G Company was uh, Muskegon, F Company was Grand Haven, H Company was Ionia, and M, I, L, and K were from Grand Rapids. Wow. Dude, I only hope to get that old. I swear to God, Ali, I hope to get Grand that Rapids, old. Michigan. Dude, I hope I look chapped. Fucking crystallized. I hope no. I got a fucked up eyes and I'm a fucking thing. All right. <laughs> I swear to God. All right, now and this is the last thing I'm gonna play from this, and then we're gonna move on off of this. Okay. Uh, there's a little discussion uh, about a kneecap. Mm. Mm. I come down to the ground, and you could hear a lot of guys got screaming and hollering. They got really bad, cut up bad. This uh, one guy by the name of Fletcher, he lost his kneecap. And we had a, a doctor here from Grand Rapids, I'm not gonna mention his name, but he was one of the bravest guys I ever saw. Uh, I helped him, he uh, had a whole tourniquet on him and took the kneecap right off. And burnt flesh is stinking and, and he was the guy who was crying. Fletcher. I mean, think of, just think about it. Ali, when was the last time you helped a guy with a kneecap that just came right off? Nah, bro. I'm not. I've done that. Steve, what do you think about a South Pacific? Do you have a direction that you want to go in? Do you think about in terms of really following these vets and these war stories and getting into it? Yeah, man, I want to hear about it. I want to hear about it. I want to hear about it from our vets. You know? Well, we got to get Frank Juarez Sr. in here. Because mm -hmm. I, I, I think the Hard Luck Show, along with the prison stories and all that other stuff, we should follow up with the vet stories. I think we could even bring in, um, what's, our, what's our guy? Our Marine guy? Danny? Danny, Dark 30. Mm -hmm. Yeah, bring him in. I think that the issue... the military people come in. I think what we need is um, a lot of these discussions because I don't think these stories are getting to the rest of the, the culture. And as mm -hmm. a result, we're not able to make good decisions about what we want to do. With they don't this know country. the history. They don't know the history. Right. That's it, baby. That's it. I mean, look at Ali. I mean, Ali is sort of looking at this and he's like, man, that's I, that's I didn't know about the X, Y and Z. And I think it's good. It's not necessarily Ali. I'm not trying to really condemn Japan because now they're our ally and all that stuff. But definitely we got to work through all of this and understand the background and the history. Mm -hmm. I think it's important. Yeah, we're about peace. We don't want war. But And that is the right way. But they've made it so fluffy that they've removed the truth out of it. Uh, it's important to know that was not long ago. These people were, they weren't thinking twice but to take over this country. And kill all of us, right? Absolutely. And, and we should also think about that tendency in ourselves. 
unimportant. We got to watch it in ourselves when you get nationalistic mm-hmm. and you start to get crazy and think that you're divinely right. Right. God, and you yeah. And you can go over to right. other places and do shit to them. Absolutely right. No. I think when you, because a lot of these guys, what you come away from is they're not, the, the guys that were really in war, they're not vainglorious. These guys aren't saying like, look at me, I'm such a big shot. No, mm-hmm. these guys are talking about what they went through. Mm-hmm. And the realities of war is what's going to really help us to maintain a peace. So, um, anyway, I, that music means Oh Blue Eyes says it's time. Hey, like we do about this time. Right. It's Adios Amigos from our Love Show. See, he was laying on his back and he had his knee raised up and it took his knee off. He lost his leg. The, and he disappeared from our view after that. I come to this one guy and he was cut up so damn bad. He, he just begged me, he says, he'll shoot me. And geez, I looked at him and I started pulling my pistol out. And I almost had it out of there. I said, no, damn, I ain't going to do it. So I hollered for a medic and a medic got it.